0: Welcome. Here is Dr. Ruth with today's teaching. Okay, moving on here. I hope you listened to the introduction of the Deuteronomy and you are excited and ready. We begin with chapter 1. So what is the gist of this chapter? In chapter 1, we will learn how Moses will begin to expound on the law. Moses, just imagine Moses right there with the nation of Israel sitting right at the uh, territory of Mo- Mo- Moab, and Moses is explaining to them. And uh, Bible scholars uh, tell us that this entire book of Deuteronomy, Moses' speech and teaching, was done in about a week to two week period. So just imagine Moses expounding all the laws to them and um, put yourself as an audience and open your heart and let's begin. So we begin with uh, the first verse out of chapter 1. These are the words Moses spoke to all Israel in the wilderness east of the Jordan, that is, in the Arabah. Opposite super between Paran and Topel, Laban, Hazeroth, and Deazab. Verse 2 It takes 11 days to go from Horeb to Kadesh, Banea, by the Mount Seir Road. Let me pause here and give you perspective because some of you may be confused already. Here's what's happening. This book opens with an introduction that Moses. And the Israelites are camping right there at the plains of Moab or the territory of Moab or the country of Moab. They are on their way to the promised land. They are very close to the promised land. The promised land is almost an eye shot from them. Moses will start to relay the history of the nation of Israel. He would use the history and the relationship with God to teach the new generation. But what Moses would do here, Moses would not begin his teaching when the Israelites were in Egypt. Moses began to expound or to restate the law beginning at the time when the nation of Israel was at Mount Sinai. Essentially, Moses picked up the story when he actually received the law of from God at Mount Sinai. So that is what is happening here. So don't get confused because Moses will pick up this story right in the middle. Uh, and that is important. I, I, I like it because it was really at Mount Sinai as we started out in the book of Exodus that God actually started to molding and shaping these people when God actually gave Moses the law. So Moses started to relay The story of the first generation Israelites, he is now teaching this new generation beginning from the time that he received the law. So he left out the whole part about when they were in Egypt because he had not actually gotten the law yet. And that is what is happening. And in verse 2, we are learning that that journey (laughs) from the time the Lord gave the nation of Israel the law, and, and uh, gave them the instructions to proceed and possess the promised land, That journey should have only taken 11 days had they done it as unto the Lord. It was actually an 11-day journey. But obviously, as I discussed throughout the book of Leviticus and the book of Numbers, that took 40 years because of gross disobedience, and the Lord had to kill the first generation, and wait for the second generation to be raised. So now we are in verse three. In the 40th year, on the first day of the 11th month, Moses proclaimed to the Israelites all that the Lord had commanded him concerning them. So Moses is telling us now that they are in the 40th year in this uh, wandering in the desert, but we know that the wandering has ended Okay, even in the book of Numbers, I talked about how the wandering had ended. So this is a continuation. The the wandering had ended. The first generation had died. So Moses is uh, teaching them now or restating the law. Verse 4, this was after he had defeated Shinghor, king of Amorites, who reigned in Heshbon. And at Israel had defeated Og, king of Basham, who reigned in uh, Astora. We know that, we went over that in Numbers, chapter 21, how the Israelites defeated them through the power of the Lord. So most, they just Moses is giving us background that he started to restate the law after all these events. Verse 5, East of the Jordan, in the territory of Moab, Moses began to expound this law. Just exactly what I have been saying. That just picture the Israelites at the plains of Moab. Camping there. And Moses would teach them in the next week or two. Okay? Verse 6. The Lord our God said to us at Horeb, you have stayed long enough at this mountain. Verse 7. Break camp and advance into the hill country of the Amorites. Go to all the neighboring people in the Ereba, in the mountains, in the western foothill. So Moses just What Moses is doing here in verses 6 and 7, he is telling this new generation that the Lord had told him that they had camped long enough that they should proceed to the promised land. And we can see that was the end there of um, verse 7. To the land of the Canaanites and to the Lebanon, as far as the great river, the Euphrates, verse 8, see... I have given you this land. So we see Moses telling them that the Lord had told them to proceed to advance into the promised land because he had already delivered it to them. Go in and take possession of the land the Lord swore he would give you to your forefathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to their descendants after them. So what we have learned right away is Moses saying that, listen, God gave us these instructions, God gave me these instructions, and I relay them to your fathers, okay, to the first generation, that we should proceed and possess the land because God has already delivered them into our hands. And now Moses is, verses 9 through verse 18, Moses is going to relay to this new generation how the Israelites had numbered, how God had multiplied them and the crowd was too large for him to manage and that he would then select leaders to help him in managing the people. That is what we are about to learn. And we went over this in the book of Exodus, okay? How Moses had to appoint leaders to help him in judging the people. Remember, we went over this in the book of Exodus. I am not going to reteach that. I am believing that you have... Listen to the book of Exodus, which is why I said that please listen to Genesis through Numbers so that when you come here in Deuteronomy, everything will make sense. So verses 9 through 18, Moses is going to just relay what we went through in the book of uh, Exodus. So let us highlight some verses and others I will skip because I have taught extensively on them. So we come to verse 9. At that time, I said to you, You are too heavy a burden for me to carry alone. Verse 10 The Lord your God has increased your numbers so that today you are as numerous as the stars in the sky. So Moses is re-entering into the new generation. How God's blessing to the nation of Israel was evident because he had multiplied their numbers. Okay. Verse 11 May the Lord. The God of your ancestors increase you a thousand times and bless you as he has promised. We talked about that already. Verse 12, Moses is going to uh, relate to the new generation how back then he had asked for the Lord to um, help him to select leaders. Verse 12, but how can I bear your problems and your burdens and your dispute all by myself. Moses is telling the second generation Israelites that because of the large numbers of the Israelites, he had he had asked the Lord and he had even told the Israelites, the first generation, that it was a burden to manage them. Verse 13, choose some wise, understanding and respected men from each of your tribes and I will set them up. Over you. Right here in verse 13, Moses is really giving us or teaching us certain qualities of good leaders, okay, or qualities of good leadership. Number one, wise wisdom. A good leader must possess wisdom, godly wisdom. I'm talking about not wisdom from the world, because we know that wisdom of the world is foolishness to God. So a good leader must possess godly wisdom. I is somebody who listens to the voice of God, who knows the the, 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 the voice of God, and who can actually apply biblical principles into their lives and see results. You see, knowledge is just having a bunch of information in your head. Anyone can possess knowledge. Today, just go to the internet, you can get all kinds of knowledge. But that takes you nowhere. Wisdom is the practical application of knowledge. Okay, so as Christians, we have to take the knowledge that we learn from the scriptures and apply godly wisdom and live it out. So we see Moses saying that a character of a, of a leader is wisdom. Understanding, okay, that is actually applying wisdom and seeking godly understanding and making decisions based on God's Revelation, God giving you understanding how to proceed. That is another quality of a leader right there. Then respect. Self-respect, meaning you, you carry yourself as unto the Lord. You reflect your calling. You Today, we would say you walk in the light as a child of God. You walk like a Christian. Obviously, as a leader, have respect for yourself, have respect for others. You treat others as God would treat them with love, respect, equality. So those are the qualities of good leaders that we see. Moses telling us that he had to ask the Lord to guide him to select good leaders who would work with him to manage the Israelites who were increasing in numbers because that was a blessing from the Lord. Verse 14, you answered me okay so God answered Moses what you pro- uh, what you uh, propose to do is good verse 15 so I took the leading men of your tribes wise and respected men so those verses Moses just went to say that he carried out the instructions that the Lord had agreed for him to proceed to appoint leaders and um, towards the end there of verse 15. As commanders of thousands, essentially he selected wise uh, leaders as commanders of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens, and as tribal officials. Verse 16, and I charged your judges at that time. Hear the disputes between your people and judge fairly. So Moses just went on to explain that he selected all these leaders, divided them to take care of different groups of people in tens of thousands, uh, groups of fifties, and then you judge them fairly, and then the difficult cases bring to me, and again, highlighting the fact that God is a fair and a just God, so Moses gave them uh, likewise instructions to judge the people fairly. Verse 17, do not show partiality in judging. Moses just went on to say that he gave them instructions to be fair when they judge the people's uh, cases. And you can read the rest of those verses. I had just explained that. And then we pick it up here in verse 19. Okay, we pick it up here in verse 19. Actually, verses 19 and 20. Moses went on to relate how he came about the whole idea of sending out spies to go spy the promised land. Remember that whole thing we talked about in the book of Numbers? That is what is happening here. But we're going to learn something here about the fact that the people, the Israelites, were the ones who actually first approached Moses with that idea. But then Moses got confirmation from the Lord that, yes, he should send spies to go spy the land and i had talked about the fact that god knows all things obviously god is omniscient god already knew that these israelites were going to reject his uh, best plan for them but by god allowing or agreeing with moses to send out the spies god was actually giving these uh, israelites another opportunity for them to change their minds once the spies went out there and and confirmed that it was a beautiful land flowing with milk and honey. I had talked about this in the book of Numbers. That that was one uh, reason why the Lord allowed Moses to send out the spies. It was supposed to quicken them, strengthen their, their faith. And it was supposed to be an affirmation that the land was truly prosperous. As we know, obviously... It, it didn't happen that way. The, the Israelites used their free will against the Lord and rebelled and only Caleb and Joshua stood up. We went over all of that in the book of Numbers. So Moses is going to relay that story here and we are going to get other details that we did not get in the book of Numbers. So let's take a closer look at these verses. Verse 19, then as the Lord our God commanded us, we set out from Horeb and went towards the hill country of the Amorites uh, through all that vast land. Uh, he just went on to relay their the, um, journey in the wilderness. We come to verse 20, then I said to you, you have reached the hill country of the Amorites, which the Lord our God is giving you. Verse 21, see, the Lord your God has given you the land. Go up and take possession of it as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, told you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Verse 22, powerful. Then all of you came to me and said. Now remember, Moses is talking about the first generation Israelites. And also keep in mind that. The second generation, they were like little children, okay, during the time of the first generation. Some of them uh, were adolescents, teenagers. So they remember these incidences, these events. So which is why, if you look at this, Moses is actually narrating this story at times in the second person, saying that you saw this, you, because it's true. The Israelites now in their early 20s to early 40s back then were children, five years, six years, seven years, but they remembered, they saw these things. Think about your children who are now in their 50s. They remember things that took place when they were five years old, old, eight years old, and nine years old. So don't get confused. When Moses is speaking in the second person, saying, You saw this, you saw this. Because he is reminding these adult children now that you saw this when you were a child. Okay, verse 22. Then all of you came to me and said, Let us send men ahead to spy out the land for us and bring back a report about the route we are to take and the towns we will come to. Right there. That is a much added revelation. That we didn't quite have in the book of Numbers. So here we are learning that these people actually approached Moses that let us go spy the land. Okay. Verse 23. We're going to get more revelation. The idea seemed good to me. So I selected 12 of you. One man from each tribe. Verse 24. They left and went up into the hill country and came to the valley of Eshkol and explored it. Verse 25, taking with them some of the fruits of the land, they brought it down to us and reported it is a good land that the Lord our God is giving us. Now, these verses right away didn't tell us that the Lord or that Moses inquired of the Lord if that, that was a good idea. But as we proceed here in the book of Deuteronomy, we will find out that Moses did Inquire of the Lord, and the Lord did give Moses the permission to proceed to send out the 12 spies. We will come into that as we advance in this study. So don't get confused. Moses did seek the advice of the Lord who gave him clearance to proceed. All right. So now we come to verse 26. And uh, verses 26 All the way to the end of this uh, chapter, which will be verse 46, Moses is going to relay the whole history of how the Israelites rebelled against the Lord, how they were unwilling to go possess the land. He would talk about the bad report that they brought, how they did not trust the Lord. So this is going to be a lot of repeat. but let's take a closer look at these verses. Really, um, some of these chapters, I would take a very closer look at these verses because I really want for you to get a better understanding of, of why this book is significant because we're going to get more explanation here that we did not get in the other books. So let us take a closer look at some of these verses here. Beginning at verse 26, I am still in Deuteronomy chapter 1. But you were unwilling to go up you rebelled against the command of the Lord your God. Verse 27, you grumbled in your tents and said, the Lord hates us. So he brought us out of Egypt to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us. Verse 28, where can we go? Our brothers have made our hearts melt in fear. So this next uh, few verses all the way till the end of verse 28, Moses is just relaying how, The Israelites allowed fear to cripple them, okay? Because they were afraid of the Anakites, And I had talked about this, how they they had giants in the land. So they were afraid of the fortified cities. So that is what these verses are saying. we come to verse 29. Then I said to you, do not be terrified. Do not be afraid of them. Verse 30. The Lord your God who is going before you will fight for you as he did for you in Egypt before your very own eyes. So we we hear how Moses actually did encourage the Israelites not to be afraid. He even reminded them that the Lord had delivered them from the hands of Pharaoh. God would deliver them. But they still rebelled against the Lord. Okay. And um, we come to verse... Actually, this is a powerful verse here. Let's come to verse 31. Um, there you saw how the Lord your God carried you as a father carries his son all the way you went until you reached this place. Moses was just reminding them how God carried them like, like, like a child. Okay, Delivered them from the hands of Pharaoh. That is what those uh, or that verse is teaching. Verse 32. In spite of this, you did not trust in the Lord your God. This is sad. Okay? So we saw Moses telling them that, listen, you saw what the Lord did to you. How he delivered you from the hands of Pharaoh. He carried you in his hands and brought you out of that pain and suffering and bondage. And I encouraged you to still go and possess the land, but you still did not trust the Lord. Like I said in the book of Numbers, and Moses is highlighting here, Disobedience is linked to not trusting God. These Israelites, the first generation, had no trust in God in spite of all the miracles. Boy, that tells you something. I'm telling you, miracles, deliverance, sometimes it's not good enough for some people to trust that God is with them. That God is real. I mean, there are people that have been delivered from so much Nonsense by the Lord, financial bondage, sexual sins. And then they they, they, they would be facing something like uh, divorce, as an example, or facing something like a wayward child, and they would just lose heart. And they would forget that the same God who delivered them from that bankruptcy, from that prior hardship, is the same God who is with you. This is exactly what Moses is saying. Brothers and sisters, God is faithful. Okay? Okay. Verse um, 33. And Moses just went on to say that uh, these people did not trust God, even though he went ahead of them in fire by night and during the day by cloud. Okay? To, To guide them. To search out the places for them to camp. Yet they still didn't trust God. That is sad. Just like today we have the Holy Spirit indwelling us. And the Holy Spirit is always available. To guide us. To direct us. The Holy Spirit is always speaking to our hearts. People do not listen. People do not listen. You see this hasn't changed. I'm sorry. We see this today. Even as a minister I counsel. Uh, countless people in a typical week. The problems are the same problems. And there are times when, when people bring their problems to me, I have to give them a little sermonette about the book of Numbers. And they look at me like, where is she going with this? And I will wrap up my sermonette by saying that some of you may not find the principles in this book significant, but that's what you are going through today. My goodness. There is no temptation that can come unto you. That is new. God is faithful. He will always show you, show me, show us a way to escape. That is out of First Corinthians 10, I believe, verse 13. It's the same problem. It's just packaged differently. Satan hasn't changed in his ways to deceive us, to, to lie to us. He just present them today in the 21st century in an attractive package. He just present them. In a way that appears to be different, but is the same tricks. Please, trust God. God is faithful. If God can deliver the Israelites, he can deliver you today no matter what you are going through. Nothing is impossible with God. I know some of you have listened to this. You are like, yeah, 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 yeah. Are you practicing it? Really, at the end of the day, it's not saying, yeah, 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 yeah. It's putting it to practice. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, 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 and don't do what I say? The people who practice it are the ones who get the result, not just the ones who say, yeah, 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 and amen. I'm sorry. It's the truth. Practice godly principles, and you will see godly results. Non-negotiable. That is the word of God. That is the word of Jesus. That is it. So if we are going to go around disobeying God, not trusting God, and yet expecting godly results, that is a lie from the enemy. So I am here to tell you the truth, okay? So moving on here, we are now to um, verse 34. Okay, when the Lord heard what you said, this is when the Israelites were grumbling, complaining, that is what Moses is referring to. That God heard it. said, God is listening to all your grumbling and complaining. God is God is listening. Mm-hmm. So back to uh, verse thirty-four again. When the Lord heard what you said, He was angry and solemnly swore. Verse thirty-five: No one from this evil generation shall see the good land <laughs> I swore to give your ancestor, except Caleb and Joshua. You know the story. The rest of uh, that just went on to say, because Caleb and Joshua followed the Lord wholeheartedly. And we know about that. We are now down to verse 37. Because of you, this is interesting now. Because of you, that's what Moses is saying. Because of you, meaning meaning that because of you, the Israelites, especially your parents, because of you, the first generation Israelites and, and your parents, Talking to the new generation. The Lord became angry with me also and said, You shall not enter it. Referring to the promised land. Verse 38. But your assistant Joshua son of Nun will enter it. Encourage him because he will lead Israel to inherit it. Now, let's pause here for a minute. Now, Moses is not taking responsibility for his own disobedience here. No. That is not what is happening here. Although on the surface, it seemed this way. It seemed as if Moses is shifting blame here and blaming the Israelites for his inability to get into the promised land. That's not what is happening. Moses is just speaking the truth. Because it was because of the Israelites' grumbling, complaining, frustration. Remember we talked about this in the book of Ah. Leviticus, and especially in the book of Numbers, how Moses just got so frustrated with, 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 with the children of Israel, complaining, grumbling, he was exhausted, he lost sight of the vision himself, he lost sight. He started to focus on the complaints and, and, and the grumbling, and for, for a short period of time in his life, he did not obey God. So it's true it's because of the, of the burden that he had to to carry because of the children of Israel out of frustration he made that wrong decision that he struck the rock instead of speaking to the rock that brought his 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 um, downfall downfall in the sense that God pronounced a punishment against that disobedience and the punishment was that he would not enter into the promised land so Moses is not shifting blame he's just been honest and we talked about this in the book of Numbers how that was a mistake but as we know and we're gonna find out as we proceed with this teaching even at the time of Moses's death he maintained a heartfelt compassionate very intimate relationship with the Lord there was no animosity there was no regret There was nothing like that. Okay, so just by virtue of that, we can imply that Moses accepted his fault. Okay, he acknowledged that he made a mistake. And as we will find out, he pleaded with the Lord to give him the opportunity to get into the promised land But God said no. And also this truly highlights God's quality of justice. I have said all over that God, in his core essence is immutable, unchangeable. God does not change. We also learned that in the book of Numbers, that the Lord said, he is not a man that he would change. He does not change his mind. God's, one of God's core quality is justice. God is just. Even though Moses was his chosen servant, he had an intimate relationship with Moses. Because of that disobedience, God would not allow Moses to get into the promised land. Please, see God's justice here. Take this seriously. As much as God loves you, as much as God might have favored you in the past, as much as you can cry, pray, sing to the Lord, God is just. There are consequences to disobedience. So don't you go around and disobeying God or practicing sin, thinking that, oh, when I come and pray in the name of Jesus Uh, I'm not going to deal with the consequences. Oh, no, 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 no. It's the law of God, Galatians 6. A man shall reap what he sows. So God loves you. God will forgive you instantly if your forgiveness is genuine. But there are consequences to disobedience. And we see that in the life of Moses. Okay, verse 39. And the little ones that you said would be taken captive, your children who do not yet know good from evil, they will enter the land. Moses just went on to, to relay the response that the Lord gave him that no, you Moses will not get into the promised land. The uh, first generation Israelites would w- would die here and your children who are still innocent will be raised will be groomed to go possess the land. So we see here right away that uh, children at a certain age are innocent. God does not bring judgment on them because they don't quite uh, know uh, good from bad. And as we get into the New Testament, we will get more into this because many people are concerned that if a child dies, where does that child go? If Obviously, if it's a child of the believer, they go straight to heaven in the presence of God because children are innocent. Except when the child reaches the age when he or she is able to discern right from wrong, then God would hold them accountable for their actions. Let's come to verse 40. But as far as you turn around and set out towards the desert along the route to the Red Sea. So here we see how Moses is saying that the Lord had rerouted them. Okay, again, don't get confused. It's not, it's, they're not going back all the way to that same Red Sea that God delivered them when they crossed the Red Sea uh, during the Egyptian pursuit. Remember, this is this is a, a different uh, Ge- geographical location of the Red Sea that would lead them towards a the promised land. So God just rerouted them because they refused to follow God's direction because they were afraid of the giants. Okay, moving on here. Verse 41. Then you replied, We have sinned against the Lord. This is now. Verses uh, 41 all the way to the end of this chapter, Moses would, would relay how he, after... God had pronounced his final judgment against the nation of Israel, that they would die in the wilderness and that their children would possess the land. How the Israelites now came to him and said, Okay, now we have sinned. We will go. Remember we talked about this in the book of Numbers? But God would not uh, accept that. So that is what we are about to find out in these next few verses of this chapter. So going back to verse 42, But the Lord said to me, Tell them, do not go up and fight because I will not be with you. You will be defeated by your enemies, okay? Verse 43. So uh, before I go to verse uh, 43, so Moses was telling the second generation Israelites that uh, when they changed their mind that they would go and possess the land, It was too late because God had already pronounced a final judgment and God said that he won't be with them so they won't win that battle. Again highlighting that the battle was really the Lord's. Again highlighting that it was God who was going to win that battle for them but these people had no spiritual perception so that did not happen. Verse forty three. So I told you, but you would not listen. You rebelled against the Lord's commandment again. This uh, last, uh, this verse forty three, went on to explain how, even though Moses had told them not to go, they still went anyway against God's advice. And then they, um, in verse forty four, the Amorites who lived in those hills came against them, and the Amorites beat them up. That is what uh, those verses are saying. Uh, again, they, they lost the Amorites, beat them up because, number one, God was not going with them. Number two, they were, again, disobeying God's commandment not to go and possess a promised land the way they wanted to because, number one, their repentance was not genuine. Number two, God had already pronounced a final judgment. God had already rerouted them, and God was not going to go with them. At that point, to go um, against the Amorites, but they went on their own and they were defeated. We come to verse 45. You, uh, you came down and wept before the Lord, but he paid no attention to your weeping and turned a deaf ear to you. Verse 46. And so you stayed at Kadesh many days, all the time he spent there. So these last verses just went on to explain how the Israelites went we attempting rather to go to the promised land and uh, en route uh, through the Amorites uh, territory. They were beat, uh, beaten up and um, they lost because God was not with them, at least at that time. Okay, so that brings us to the end of chapter 1. Glory to God, Jesus is Lord. Friend, are you being blessed yet? I'm trusting God you are being blessed and encouraged by his word because the word of God never returns void. So, friend, as you are being blessed, would you please send me an email to just let me know how these teachings are blessing you, encouraging you, and transforming your lives? Here is our email address, info at drruthtani.org. Again, that is info, I-N-F-O, at Dr. Ruth Tangy.org. And I personally read all the emails sent to me. So I look forward to hearing from you how these teachings are blessing you. It will really encourage me and my uh, staff here at the ministry to know that uh, the Lord is using this to transform your lives. And also check us out on Facebook and on YouTube. Uh, dr ruth uh, tanya ministries and i have other teachings there and also sign up for my e-newsletters just visit our website dr ruth tanya.org just scroll down you will see a box that says subscribe Uh, To our email list Just enter the best email address there You will be subscribed And we do send out e-newsletters once Sometimes twice a month And in those uh, newsletters We have Bible teachings as well Uh, So there are many ways That uh, you can receive Bible teachings from us So please stay connected uh, with us And continue to listen to these podcast teachings And grow in God's word